And like, I mean, if you look at my journey, life does happen. So like I, I worked with you for one reason and then I, you know, life went in a different direction. Then I worked with you for another reason. Life is never static. And another thing that I tell myself all the time is stop working against life and start working with life. Mm -hmm. And that's where I had to really drop the perfectionism because perfectionism really is a recipe for disaster because Mm -hmm. y'all know this, but there is no perfect. Welcome to the Find Your Strong podcast. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay, president of Strong Fitness Magazine, founder of Team Strong Girls, and fitness coach turned fitness publisher. Each week, I'm going to give you a thought or an interview of how to build stronger bodies, stronger minds, and stronger relationships. Getting to where I am now has been nothing short of a journey of the ultimate highs and the deepest of lows. I've had my fair share of setbacks, near bankruptcy, an eating disorder, and multiple miscarriages. You name it, I lost my way time and time again. But through it all, I uncovered my purpose, which gave me the perseverance to find my strong and stay the course. I've spent more than 15 years coaching women, and I know that fitness is a vessel to help you feel strong, confident, and empowered in your body and your life. If you're looking for inspiration and motivation, you've come to the right place. You are not going to want to miss this. Welcome to the show, Mare. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for today because it's like, we're just like chilling and talking mm-hmm. as, as friends. I love you so much. You've okay. been a long time strong girl and mm-hmm. now a strong girl's coach for over a year now. Mm-hmm. And you have been, you know, you've made a huge decision in your life that I feel like a lot of people can learn from because a lot of people were in your position and you made, and and we're going to dig a little deep into that. And you, Mm -hmm. you left your teaching job of almost 20 years. So we're going to talk about your story today. And I'm just so excited to have you on. I'm so excited to be here. This is like, I know I'm going to probably say it 15 times, but a full circle moment for me being here with you and yeah, I'm really pumped to get into this. So yeah, let's do it. We've had a history. You you came on board like maybe the first couple of years of us starting Strong Girls. 2014. Yeah. Let's kind of go back even before before Strong Girls. Okay. What what made you because you because you were into fitness like in high school, right? Like you, you like you kind of found fitness. What yes. what was your journey? Into health and fitness. It was a journey. That's a really good way to describe it. It's honestly, my journey has taken on so many forms. Like when I think of even, yeah, going back to high school, even before where I am now is so different than where I started and it's evolved over the years. So I also think it's really important to talk about the fact that it is a journey, right? Because so many people think that the success and the progress happens quickly and it doesn't, it's not overnight. It is it takes some like high highs and low lows. And through all of that, you learn and grow. So the way I look at my fitness journey is kind of like two major parts. Okay. Mm -hmm. And both of these parts could not be more opposite than one another. I came from a family that was very heavily influenced by diet culture. So all the women in my family were always on a diet, like every single one of them, they did it. They exercised, but it was all cardio and everything was with the goal of losing weight. It was Mm -hmm. all about like getting thin. 
they also talked really negatively about their bodies. So I always say that, you know, by the time I got to adolescence, that age where you start to become aware of your own body and your body image, I already hated it. Like I hated my body before I even got a chance to really know it. So by late elementary school, so we're talking about like 12, 13 years old, I was already dieting. I was like starving myself, taking diet pills, like sneaking into the girl's washroom and, you know, doing things with my friends to try and, you know, get skinny because I thought that's what you did. So, you know, that carried into high school and university and adulthood, but the kind of wildest part is that I was actually really incredibly thin. Like I was like 90 pounds in elementary school. So you could already tell that there was the developing of like body dysmorphic thinking and, you know, disordered patterns. So that's kind of where I came into, you know, that body image piece in terms of my relationship with working out even though my family was like solely cardio focused, I, I hated cardio. Like I knew <laughs> it was not something I liked. I did it because again, that's all I knew. But in high school, I took this elective course called women in weightlifting and I got my first taste of resistance training. So it's not that I had any clue on what to actually do, but I just knew like, I love how this makes me feel. This is way better than cardio. And I kind of, I got hooked and I, you know, resistance trained right into adulthood. So the first part of my fitness journey was like all about an obsession with being skinny. I was scared of food. Like I said, a lot of restriction. I overexercised a lot. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I, I can say this now, I didn't know anything about properly fueling my body, how to properly exercise. I just, I just wanted to be skinny. And so there was like a lot of learning and unlearning and relearning about what like health and fitness actually meant. And that was kind of the first part of my journey. And the first time I reached out to you. Yeah. Second part of my journey happened later in my life, in my 30s. And this was like, again, the opposite end of the spectrum. I had hit a very low point in my life, physically and mentally. Things were happening with mostly work, but there was family stuff going on. And full disclosure, I I became so depressed, so anxious. I had a lot of health issues related to my lifestyle because bottom line, I was not taking care of myself anymore. I was, I was done. I had gained like 30 pounds. I'd given up on training nutrition. I just, I I said all the things I don't have time. I I hate this. You know, I was miserable and I just, I didn't care anymore. I just didn't Mm. feel like myself. So nothing, nothing mattered. And this was like my rock bottom. And I knew at this point that if I didn't make a change, I was headed down like a really dark road. In fact, it was actually my doctor who said to me, like, if you, if you don't make changes, like I'm scared for what the future is going to hold for you. And I was in my thirties. And so that was kind of like the second leg of our work together was that. So like, you can see it's totally different, right? Two totally different scenarios. Yeah. I mean, when you came in the first time, you know, back when my husband, Vince was, was, had a whole studio in our, (laughs) in our family room. And that's where we took your guys pictures. Yeah. But when you came in the first time, it was very much like you, you were still kind of in that dieting culture where you wanted to. 100%. 100%. lose weight. And you, you didn't even have that much weight to lose. You know, it was like, no, yeah. I didn't. Like, I, again, I know that now, but yeah. the mind and the body, there was a big disconnect. Yes. Right? Yeah. And it, we actually, like you began, we came up with a strategy where you were actually eating the most food you ever have eaten ever. And you were putting on some nice lean mm-hmm. muscle. I mean, if you've ever seen Marilyn, her shoulders are to die for She's just <laughs> She, she looks amazing. And then that's when we did the competition because you were just in shape and, and, and even the competition prep wasn't even that drastic, you know, it was like the most sane competition prep. Yes. 
especially when you talk to other people who are competitors, even now, they can't believe that I was still having, you know, like sushi close to my, my comp day. And it was very sane and flexible. Yes. But still very much. Yes. I was still in that, that headspace of diet culture in my head, mm-hmm. as much as, mm-hmm. as much as you were teaching me, there was still that, that pull, right. Cause it was, like I said, yeah. it was a lot of like, I had to learn from you and then unlearn to be able to relearn what I needed to move forward. So. Yeah. And then we, you, you, did you do another competition with an, with another coach or was well, I did, going I did, to? So I did the first one and I placed, so I was, so that was around the time where you were kind of moving away from comp prep. Yes. Yeah. And I remember you said that to me, like, if you want to keep going, I know, you know, the perfect people for you. So I, I did leave with the intention of doing that. And I did start prepping for about another year. But again, I realized that it just, it wasn't for me. And, and, you know, like I, I do respect the sport and I know the tremendous work people put into it, but I think because of the, let's call them the demons that I was battling, it just kind of exacerbated yeah. the, the, that mindset I was having, right? Like it just wasn't healthy for me. And I had people in my life kind of say that to me. I think, I think maybe you need to take a step away because no matter how sane you do a prep, it is different that it's not lifestyle, right? When you prep for a comp, it's not no. the same as, as what I can say now is like a strong girl's lifestyle. So it just wasn't for me. And that I made that decision to kind of step away. So it was about a, a year after I did my first comp that I was like, eh, I think I need to not be here in this space anymore. And, you know, you, we, we, we mentioned at the beginning that you've, you were a teacher for how, how many years have you been a teacher? So it's almost 20 years. Like this will be 18 years. Yeah. And I mean, when you came back to me the second time you were struggling and I remember that email. I, I read that email actually recently. I was doing a post on kind of my own transformation and I, oh, I get even emotional. Like I don't even want to cry right now, but it, like, I, I don't even know who that person was. Like Mm -hmm. I've grown so much and I know we'll probably talk about that, but yeah, I, it was a bad, I was in a very dark space. That's the best play, way to describe it. It was dark. It was really, I, I didn't know who I was anymore. I lost all sense of who I was. I remember that because when I read that email, I said, okay, I am going to hop on the call with you. And we hadn't talked in for a long time, you know, here and there, just like, hey, how are you? And uh, like, you had literally hit your rock bottom there. And you just, I feel as though you you knew how good you felt before, you know, when you were that's right. Like, we're just talking about like, like the physical, you know, you felt really good physically, but we all know when you're taking care of yourself with your health and your fitness and your nutrition, you're going to feel good. And you kind of like put that to the side, you know, and, and, and it was, yeah. And it was, it was at the point where you needed help and you're, <laughs> I knew you were going to be, even though you were in that spot of darkness, I knew as soon as you came back on board, you were going to be okay because you're good with that A-type personality. You're going to follow instructions and you no, did. For you better did. or worse. Yes. Yeah. And, and like I said, it was, it was a turning point because I had hit rock bottom. Like again, hindsight's 2020, but I feel like sometimes you do need to get to that desperation point where you're like, I cannot do this anymore. Like something's got to give. And, and I, and I refuse to like, just take it laying down. So that that's the thing. When I reached out to you, I was at a point where I knew, first of all, I had worked with you. So I knew that you could help me. I already knew that I, I could count on that support and that knowledge and that experience and that, that care, right. That level of care and concern. 
So I, I wasn't worried about not succeeding. It was like, I had to get out of my own way. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So I, I know, I knew that I needed to reach out. It wasn't like, I, I kind of wanted to, it was like, this needs to happen. I remember when I said it to my husband, when I said it to Mike, I was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm calling her. Like I'm, I need to do this because I needed help. And sometimes, you know, I have had people since all of this has transpired say to me, the, the strong person, the courageous thing is admitting that you need help. Absolutely. You know, sometimes we think it's like being that strong person and it is to a point, but we all struggle for whatever reason, you know, different, it comes in different forms, but when you get to a point where you know that you don't necessarily have the tools or, or the willpower, whatever it is, reaching out is the strong thing to do. So that's, yeah, that's where I was. I was like, I need you. And, and you, and, and it was, you, you responded, like your body responded fairly quickly, but I don't think it was just that it was, it was almost like this sense of clarity that you, that you got when you came back on board, you know, you're now now prioritizing your health again and your fitness and, and your nutrition. And I saw this transition with you where you're like, I feel good, but I'm still not happy where I am. And it's, it was like that misalignment, you know, you, you knew where you wanted to be and how you wanted to feel deep down inside. And still something was holding yeah. you back because of the teaching job. Right. And, and I know so many people who are listening right now, I know it because we've just done our 21 day strong accelerator challenge. We have a lot of people come in there and express how they feel stuck in their jobs and they want to do something that is fulfilling and to help others. So tell us a little bit about that, because that was a really big decision for you to make. <laughs> So, and it was hard, right? Like it wasn't easy to just leave a teaching job of 20 years. No, it was, I mean, again, looking back, it was the scariest decision. It was one of the biggest decisions I had ever made, but like, as I'll kind of describe, it proved to be the best thing that I could have done for myself. So I just, you know, like I always say this, like I, I didn't leave teaching because I hated teaching. I, I actually love education. I'm passionate about it. I know it's actually what I was called to do. I know that sounds kind of, you know, they, they say like teaching is a vocation and it is like, I, I don't remember a time in my life when I didn't want to teach and be in that environment. So I love teaching, but the role of an educator had changed so much in the time that I was teaching in the classroom it became so much more than just teaching and not in a good way either. You know, I won't get into the gritty details, but I will say that the education landscape has changed so much that it is incredibly stressful. It is very taxing physically and mentally. Sometimes it's downright abusive mm-hmm. and it's all consuming. So in a, like, so around 2015, 2016, I really started to feel the impact that teaching was having on me and my health. I had been dealing with a lot of very unsupportive administrators and like very extreme behaviors. And I was unhappy. Like every single day I was unhappy. And so this actually did coincide with the second part of my journey with you, right? Like when I came back, when I had hit that rock bottom and I was like, I don't care about life anymore. Something has to give. So I was, like I said, so miserable. I couldn't climb out of the funk, which is why I knew that I needed you. So it's like you said, even if you're not in education, I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling of waking up every morning and like dread, like having that feeling of dread, like mm-hmm. your life, hating your job, just feeling like there has to be more. This cannot possibly be my life. 
And so that's where I was. I was like a shell of a person. I lived from weekend to weekend, holiday to holiday. I felt like I was just going through the motions. I was really, I was wishing the days away, which is wishing your life away is really what it is. I was doing countdowns. Like I was the teacher that everybody came to because I had the countdown to like, you know, Christmas break, March break, end of the year. And it's like, I was just wishing the time away. So yeah, so I started getting really, really sick. So aside from the fact that I was just unhappy, the unhappiness, like we've talked about, like the the mind and the body are so connected. So as I was so unhappy and so miserable, this was now spilling into every area of my life. I got incredibly depressed. My relationships suffered. My health was declining. I was having thyroid issues again, which I had already, I had a total thyroidectomy, right? So I was on thyroid medication, but my thyroid medication even stopped working because my body was so stressed. It was so overstressed. Yeah. You name it. I had it. I wasn't sleeping. I was getting headaches. I put on all that weight. I just was not myself. And my doctor said, this is all stress-related. Right. She was like, this is a hundred percent stress related. And then one day it happened. I, you know, they had said to me, like, it's like a car. If you keep revving a car and revving a car, eventually it's going to break down. And that's the human body. They said, you are revving at levels that are way too high. And it did, it happened. I hit rock bottom. Um, I had literally a complete breakdown. And this is when I said to myself, this cannot be, this cannot be it. This cannot be the end. Like this, I'm not going down because of this, because of this job, I, I don't want to live like this anymore. And I actually went on the pension website and I, like, I looked how many years I had to retirement and it was 15 more years. And I was like, not to be dramatic. I was like, I'm going to be dead before that. Yeah. I will yeah. definitely be dead before 15 more years comes because I'm so unhappy. So in 2020, I, again, had become so strong with you. I had put a lot of work into getting healthy I'm very open to it. Like I'm, I'm a mental health advocate. I, you know, was very active with therapy. So I was getting strong mentally and physically. And in 2020, I decided to take a step back just to catch my breath. And my intention was only to be off teaching for a little while, like maybe, you know, three, four months just to kind of regroup, heal. But like I said, I was getting stronger. And as I stepped back from teaching physically and mentally, I was like, I feel better. Like I started to actually get a sense of what being healthy felt like, what, you know, like reaping all the benefits of the work I was putting in. And I, and I remember saying to Mike, like, I would never tolerate this like abuse or, or stress in one area of my life. Why Mm -hmm. am I tolerating it in another area? Mm -hmm. Also think about how much time we spend in our, in our jobs, in our workplace. Right. So I knew that the environment would not change. So I knew that if I went back to the education landscape, I was changed, but it wasn't changed. So I felt mm-hmm. like I would just be going back. It would be setting myself- Like the crabs pulling you down. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, no, like I feel so good right now. I, I don't want to do that. So I ended up extending my leave again to continue focusing on physical health, mental health. And the more distance I got from those stressors, the better I felt. My thyroid levels actually, my thyroid levels actually became better than I had ever, they had ever seen them. My doctor actually said that. And I had my thyroid out in 2004, wow. which actually makes me think, because I had my thyroid out the summer before I started teaching. And to have my doctor say, your thyroid levels are better than they ever have been. It just kind of shows that, you know, I had been living a long time, probably longer than I thought, unhappy. Yeah. 
under right. stress. Yeah. Yeah. And so all those symptoms I was having, like my hair stopped falling out. I stopped getting frequent headaches. Like you said, my body responded. Like finally my body was like, you're, you're good. Like you're safe. Yeah. You're happy. You're doing the right things. And so I lost like 30 pounds and just overall, I was like, I was thriving. Like I was feeling so much better. And so I remember having the conversation with my family saying, I'm not going back to that. I'm not. And so I kept saying, I can't go back to that. I can't go back to that. And it was actually my therapist who said, no, 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 you need to change the language you're using. It's not that you can't go back. It's that you won't. Yeah. You are choosing yeah. not to be Jesus. unhappy anymore. Mm -hmm. And so this was like the turning point. It was like the scariest thing because I had only ever known Mare as a teacher. It was Marilyn, the teacher. That was, that was what I was. I didn't really feel like I had an identity outside of teaching. So that was the scary part because I was like, what am I going to do with my life? If I'm not teaching, what am I doing? And then, and then we had conversations. <laughs> it was, yeah, a hundred percent. Like you and Vince, your guidance, your encouragement, like you, you lit a spark inside me that. I never let myself, it was just like a, a thought process. I'd never let myself go to. And yeah, we chatted about coaching and how like coaching is educating. I was able to kind of honor all of the things I loved about education, yeah. being an educator, but do it in a different way, right? Like my, my students would change, the curriculum would change, but I could still honor that, that identity in myself. And so I was like, all right, I'm going all in. And I put everything into becoming a coach and essentially helping women in the same way that I was helped. Right. And it's all about like taking control of their lives and thriving instead of feeling every day is just like survival mode. And that that's what it was. So all in, I went and I haven't looked back. Right. And so that it's been like a couple I of years now since I made that choice, but yeah. it was scary. It was very scary, but it was, it was right. It just feels so right. I love how you said it was like your identity, because I know a lot of women that are listening here, they, their identity is either like a mom and then yes. their other identity is like whatever they are in their job. Right. And so, and especially with, with you, Mayor, like you have a strong, like you have a family of educators, correct? Like was your. Not so no, I have a couple of, of relatives who are educators, but see my family, it's very much like the play it safe kind mm -hmm. of, thing, right. Mm -hmm. Like it, it was, Again, I got into teaching because I loved it, but as far as like my family was concerned, it was such a great choice because it yes. was stable, right? Yes. Yeah, like it was yes. it was such a safe job. Like you got in it and and you could be a teacher until the day you retired, and then it yes. was like perfect. You know, it was it was safe. So I had a family who was very supportive, but very much like play it safe, like you yeah. know, do the right thing. And I know they it's because of they they care and they're concerned and they you know they have your best interest in exactly. mind. It's just when you have this in this, this calling, like you did have a calling, like you've, you've, you, you know that now because you're aligned with what you truly wanted, but when you're surrounding, when you have your family, you mm -hmm. know, and, or you're surrounded by people that are maybe just doing the things that you were doing before, like their teachers, you, you might not see that possibility unless you're, you surround yourself with the right type of people who are doing the things or a few steps ahead of you doing the things that you truly want to do. 100%. And I mean, again, like most, because I was an educator, most of like my friendship circles, my colleagues obviously were educators. And I think a lot of educators, and again, not specific, just education. Cause I know I hear this about like, you know, people in healthcare and, and all kinds of different jobs, but 
because you're surrounded by the people who are going through the same thing, it's like a collective stuck. Like you're just like, you're all kind of stuck and you're all kind of spinning that same narrative. Like I I'm, I'm stuck. There's nothing else I can do. Like, why would I leave this job? It's so, it's so stable. I have other responsibilities. And so it actually ended up being my family who, you know, aside from, from, like I said, you and Vince and our, our community of strong girls, I think my family really saw just how sad and unhappy and how mm-hmm. different I had become. Mm-hmm. And so they were kind of the first to turn and be like, you know what you need, you need to do, life is too short. Like you need to actually do. And I was surprised by that. Like, I remember even my dad who very much is, you know, like kind of a little old school. And, and I just thought he would think I was totally off my rocker leaving. <laughs> I think as soon as they saw that distance that I had, and I was like, I had people saying to me, you're so different. Like you are everything about you, like your aura, everything is different. Like as soon as I stepped back mm. and like you said, started like stepping into that alignment, I did become a different person. And, and that's what I think it was. People saw that and it was like, okay, yeah, she, she can't stay. Like she has to make this change. She has to do what's right for her. So I ended up thankfully getting a lot of support from the people in my life mm, once they that. saw how, yeah. how much happier and healthier I was. Yeah. Cause that's so. really, you know, as a parent now, I just, I really just want my kids to be happy. happy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I just want to take a short break right now to discuss something that I've absolutely fallen in love with. Now, you know that I'm a big fan of whey protein and I'm never going to give that up, but I'm also really loving the vegan diesel because it's amazing at crushing late night snacking. Diesel Vegan mixes up so smooth, and my tip is to just use one cup of chilled water, nothing less, and that is the secret. So there's two things that actually make this vegan different from all the rest. One is solathin, and the other is mod carb. Both are organic super grains that are amazing at helping you feel full for longer. Listen, we all know the right diet is key, but every little secret hack can help. And this shake is super easy to drink. It has a really nice oat milk flavor. It's not chunky like a lot of the other plant proteins. And it also has five plant proteins mixed together in a way that makes it work exactly like whey does. If you're interested in trying some, click the link in my show notes or go to perfectsports.com and use code JVB, J as in Jennifer, V as in Victor, B as in Ball, at checkout, and you're going to save 20% off any of their amazing supplements and protein powder. So again, use JVB at checkout to save 20%. Well, Mayor, what, what, like you've been a strong girls coach now for over a year now, almost. Yeah, it's wild. What has been some of your biggest like aha moments, some of your biggest wins lately? And I know it was a build for you because the teacher educator came so naturally, the coaching came so naturally to you. But as we know, when we have a coaching business, it's like part of it. And then the other part is actually the marketing part and, and, and teaching and educating people that are not yet in our program yet. Right. Oh gosh. Okay. So I will say like the learning curve. Yes. So in some ways, like the actual coaching part, like when I have that client in front of me, I always say like, it's, it's not easy, but it's like the no brand. That's the part I I love. I'm so passionate about because that, that is what I did for almost 20 years. Right. It's a very similar dynamic. 
so I, I love that, but it was a steep learning curve because being an entrepreneur is very different. Like that aspect is very yeah. different. So it was a whole new skill set that I have had to learn, but also I'm, st- I'm still learning. Yeah. You know what? Again, like this is, it's exciting. Like I've really reframed how I've thought a lot about things. Like instead of thinking, oh, I'm not good at this. Like I, this is hard. I mean, it is hard sometimes, but it's like, look at this amazing skill set I'm gaining. And it's like, all of these things are also now becoming lessons in how I, I work with my clients because mm. everything is hard when it's new, right? If you look back on your life and think of all of the things you're now good at, at one time they were hard. So yep. my outlook on entrepreneurship and like kind of moving into this coaching role has definitely changed. So again, so it's kind of like the two parts. So, you know, becoming the coach, the actual person who, you know, works with, with clients, as I said, the driving force for me becoming an educator was, you know, I wanted to work with kids to help them discover their worth, their potential to support them, to inspire them, to let them know that like any goal is like, you can achieve any goal. You really truly can. And so, you know, since I made the transition to coaching, my motivation is the same, right? Like I said, I get to honor all of this this side of education. I get to help women discover their worth and their potential and inspire them to reach their goals. And I get them, you know, to kind of cut through all that noise, the limiting beliefs, the self-sabotaging behavior, and sometimes the excuses, like I hate to say, but it sometimes is the excuses and teach them how to prioritize themselves. Because when you are strong in one area of your life, you are going to become strong in all areas. Just like me, like I attribute my strength in transitioning from teaching to the strength that I gained from my health and fitness journey. I, I say this all like health and fitness saved my life, like yeah. in so many ways and so many forms. And so, you know, like for me, one of the biggest wins is that I get to do this. I get to create a life I love while I work with people I love and get to help them create the life that they love. Like it's this amazing kind of circle. And even now, as I said, I continue to challenge myself and mostly it's, it's opened me up to taking risk mm-hmm. because so, and that's one of the things I see in my clients so much as, or, or the women coming into our community is like, they're scared of failing. Like they're mm-hmm. scared of the unknown of the risk. And like, if I can be of any like light to anyone, it's that life is scary and everything, as I said, that's unknown is scary because of the fact that you don't know, but if you don't take the chance, you also risk missing out on something that could be, it could change your life. Like, yeah. yeah, look at me. If I had stayed scared, if I had stayed safe, if I had let all of those things be in the driver's seat, I would never have made the, the transition. I wouldn't be impacting the lives that I'm making. I wouldn't be happy. I would still be miserable. And so, you know, life still has its ups and downs, but I'm more resilient. And so that's a win for me. And that's a win that I get to pass on to my clients as well. Um, Just that you should never settle for anything less than you deserve. I remember I was in therapy one time and my therapist, like I was, you know, going on and on and she stopped me and she said, I have one question. She's like, what are you going to do with this one wild and precious life you have? Mm. And I never, like you hear people say like, you know, one life, you only have one life. But when she said it like that, like it is a, it's precious. Like you, it's one life. So yeah. So I, I, the challenges that I'm facing are all worth it. Right. And, and now kind of switching, like changing hats to the entrepreneur part of this role. It's, it's hard. Sometimes it's scary, but I'm also supported by an amazing group. And and you, you totally hit the nail on the head, like surrounding yourself with like-minded people. Not only is it a great support, but it inspires you to like 
think about things you never thought of before. Yeah. yeah. So me being part of, you know, like working with you and Vince and being part of the team, strong girls, like coaching team. And then the broader strong girls community has just opened my eyes up to like, there's possible. Yeah, there is mm-hmm. so much more. And so I always say like when, when clients sign on, like, yeah, they're getting me as their coach, but I don't think they realize just how much they're getting, like the value that this is bringing to their life because it is completely life-changing. And I'm, I'm proof of that every day. I'm proof of that. I was going to, my next, my next question to you was like, how did you muster up the strength to actually like completely change <laughs> your life? But you've answered that. And it started with your health. Like you just made that one. It's a big step, but it's also like, it's the first step, right? Like it's the first step. And once you, what we just spoke about, like prioritize yourself, start to feel better with the food that you're eating, with the movement you're doing now, everything, and your mind becomes clear. hundred, everything is connected. And, you know, like I said, it, it took me hitting my rock bottom, really like rock bottom in every way. And that's also one of the things I, and I know we as like team strong girls coaches, we want to kind of be that like life preserver for our clients before they get to that. Like I, I want to, I want to help women before they get to that point that I was at that, that, you know, I, I have, I get a lot of calls with women and and I hear things like, I, I don't know who I am anymore. I've lost myself. Like I'm unhappy, like all of these things. And every time it like hits me because I'm like, that's me. That was me. That was me. And yeah. And, and so th- this is what I want to help women do, right? Like I, I want to help women muster up that strength before they get to that point that I, I got to. So yeah, it's, it, it's been a journey, like mustering up the strength took time, but you know, you and Vince, you've said this to me once and it's always stuck for me and you've said it before, but collapsing time, like that's yeah. also what we do for our clients is we collapse Absolutely. and we give them all the tools that they need. It's also what we do so holistic. And that's what helped me so much. It wasn't just like, here's your nutrition plan. Here's some training. Okay. Like have fun. Like let's chat soon. It's no, you are there a hundred percent of the time helping with the habits, the lifestyle, making it work. Like we all have different stories, different lives, different family situations, and there is no one size fits all. So that's the other thing that's so amazing. Like you gave that gift to me. You worked with me and what I was dealing with. And that's also what we do for the women that come to us. So mustering up the strength, I would love to say it was only me. It was a collective. It was Mm. really was a collective of all of these things, these people. And looking uh, at, looking at asking for help as a strength. I loved how you said that. Cause it is. Cause we often think that if we, especially as women, like, oh, I have to ask somebody for help. Like I'm a failure. It's actually the opposite. Complete opposite, complete opposite. And I also realized just how like risk averse I was. Like, I feel like a lot of us, like we already touched on it, but just, yeah, the, the whole idea that being scared of the unknown limits us, right? Like that's another thing I hear women say, like, I'm scared to fail. And I always say, you know, like, but what if you don't? Yeah. Like you're scared to, scared to fail. I understand that. But like, what if you don't? How is this going to change your life? Yeah. So like, instead of, again, change the narrative, instead of focusing on like all the things that scare you, the things that might go wrong, why don't you put all of that energy to like, what will my life be like? All of those things that you want to feel and experience. That's the, the only way to go in that direction is to feel the fear and do it anyway. Absolutely. Right? Like, yeah. Just, I love it. I say that all the time. It's so true. It's, it's, it's really flipping the script in your head. Like what if, 
it, at, what if everything goes well, you know, and, and also part of the coaching too. And I know a lot of listeners are like, maybe you're thinking about, you know, hiring a coach, hiring Marilyn coming onto the team strong yeah. girls. And you're thinking, Oh, but I don't know if I can like do everything perfectly. And it doesn't have to be perfect either. And that's what the coaching is all about. It's like, we're teaching you the way to live a strong and healthy lifestyle for life. And there is going to be life that comes up in between. There is going to be obstacles that happen, but that's why the coach is so important. That's why you are so important because you help navigate them through those situations. Because we all know, you know, I'm sure if you're a woman, you've tried diets in the past. And if it's like, you're just, you know, picking up a diet or you bought a diet, like, yeah, you have to be hundred percent for the diet to work, but guess what? You're not going to be on that diet yeah. long if you're, if you're expecting to, you know, not eat bread or whatever it is. Right. It's like not you sustainable. Need, that's it's not, not sustainable. Yeah. And that's where the coaching comes in. Like, it's not just about picking up a diet and exercise program oh. because most of them do work. Yeah. But they don't work when you stop and have no tools on how to continue living a healthy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and that's part of why I'm so passionate about the coaching work that I do, because it, that is exactly what educating is, is giving people mm -hmm. tools. like you want your, your student, your client to go through this and, you know, get strong in all areas, but also get strong in learning how to navigate life and putting all the habits and lifestyle, you know, everything, putting everything in place so that they, mm -hmm. they can do it on their own eventually. Right. Because like you described so many other, let's say, and I'm using air quotes diets, you do them, but then when you're not doing them, you regress. Whereas mm -hmm. that's not what this is. Like we're setting you up. I always use the term scaffolding because I actually oh, took I that education, but that's what we do. Like we scaffold your learning. So like you get a stable foundation and then you have this structure where you can execute this on your own for years to come. Right. And, and like, I mean, if you look at my journey, life does happen. So like I, I worked with you for one reason and then I, you know, life went in a different direction. Then I worked with you for another reason. Life is never static. And another thing that I tell myself all the time is stop working against life and start working with life. Mm -hmm. And that's where I had to really drop the perfectionism because I wore it like a shield, like, you know, this perfect, and in some ways it, it served me, right? Like, I feel like it, it did sometimes push me to be like a good educator and, and, and a good coach, but perfectionism really is a recipe for disaster because mm -hmm. we all know this, but there is no perfect, like there is no perfect. And so when you hold yourself to an impossible standard, you're setting yourself up to fail. Yeah. And again, that's what we do not do with our clients. Mm -hmm. We leave room for imperfection because that's what being human is right? And we teach you how to navigate everything that comes up, the good times and the bad times, right? Like, yeah. you know, I, like I have clients saying like, I'm going on vacation. I'll probably need to pause. And I'm like, why? That's part of life. Christmas is part of life. Like your yeah. kids birthday is part of life. Stress, it's part of life. So work with it, not against it. Love that. Okay. Mayor, who do you help? Who do I help? <laughs> In a nutshell, the women who are where I used to be. Okay. Mm. So you know, women who are ready to stop feeling down and depressed and miserable about the way they feel, the way they look, about the way their life is going, really. Women who have definitely spent way too long putting the needs of everyone and everything before themselves, and they are ready to prioritize themselves. They're ready to put 
themselves at the forefront. Women who are are, are ready and they, they so badly want to make change, but they need that support and accountability, just like I did, right? Like I, I knew I needed to make change. You know, when you have that nagging voice inside of you saying, like I did, like something's not right. I don't feel right. I'm unhappy. You need to listen to it because mm-hmm. you know how we say our body gives us signals physically to tell us something's not right. You know, like your stomach hurts or whatever, you have a headache. That's what that voice in your head is telling you, you need to make it, you need to listen to it. So that's like a big piece of advice I have is like, that's the woman I, I want to work with, with that nagging voice, but she just needs that, that push in the right direction. Women who want to get strong in all areas of their life and women who are ready to invest in themselves and do whatever it takes to build this life, this body. And I guess women who are ready to feel the fear and do it anyway. Yay. All of that. Yes. I, yeah, so much yes. What does it mean for you to be, what does it mean to be a strong girls coach? Oh, well, everything, because it is, like I said, my full circle moment. When I think back to the call I made to you in 2014. Okay. Like I actually remember I was in my parents' bathroom. Weirdly, it was, I come from an Italian family. They're loud. So I was in the bathroom because I was like, I need some quiet, but I had no idea at that point that one call was going to change the trajectory of my life. And so this is what I want, like every woman listening to this, well, every person is you are one call, one message, one decision away from something that could change your life in ways that you have no idea. So being a strong girls coach to me is like, I get to honor that education, make impact. I get to do what I love every single day with people. Like I said, like I love and respect, but also share that love and respect because when I work with my clients, it's not a monologue. Like I'm not telling them what to, it's a dialogue. I, I always yeah. tell them this is a two-way street. So I get to love and respect and receive that in return. And I, you know, being a strong girls coach means that I get to put every experience, every opportunity that I have been now, I think of it as gifted, right? I think you, you've said that many times, like you, your strengths come from your struggle. So all of yeah. that, I get to pay it forward and help women become fit and strong and healthy and transform their lives. And most of all, being a strong girls coach means that I'm happy. I'm blind. Mm. I'm living my life authentically. And I know this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And so. you earned your happy because you made these decisions. Like you, you were in control and you made these decisions and, you know, like you said, it was like one phone call away, but look what happened. Like it really transpired into a life-changing thing for you. And now you're jumping out of bed happy in the morning. And that's what I truly want everybody to feel as though like when they wake up in the morning, they're actually excited about their day and not dreading it. And I see that in the, like the clients that I've, I've been working with, especially ones that have been with me, you know, for some time, I am now having those conversations with them where they are saying the same things I said to you, like Mm. my life has changed. Like you've given, I had, I was on actually a zoom call with one client and her son came in the room and actually makes me so emotional. And he said, thank you for giving me my mom. He's like, you've given me my mom back. Like, so everything we do is not just the woman in front of us. It is like the ripple effect to their family, their kids. And Mike sent me that text. You know that Mike sent me that your husband sent me that text about you. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to cry because he, (laughs) he has said that to me that like, I, I have my wife back. Like I, you know, yeah. A while ago he, well, it was, it was before you started the, the coaching process, but he sent me that. Isn't yeah. that crazy? It's like a full circle. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm where I, I'm supposed to be. And I, and I, I do, I just want that for every woman. I want every woman to feel that. 
right? Living life authentically, happy, feeling good, just feeling, waking up every morning and feeling good. Yes. Let's do more of that, Mayor. It's been such a pleasure having you on. And I love that you're part, like a huge part of our team and just making an impact in so many women's lives now. I, I just think it's awesome. And if you're sitting there right now wondering, you know, what to do next. And you don't know how to make that next step. Reach out to Marilyn, reach out to a, a strong girls coach. Like this is, this can be your one phone call, your first okay. step to a life-changing event. Yeah, and Mayor, where can everybody find you? So on Instagram, Marilyn Ross, I think it'll be in the show notes, I believe, but yeah, yeah. I'll include everything in the show notes. Yep. I also have a private Facebook group that will link as well. Your new strong and you'll see me always on the team strong girls, Instagram and our private Facebook group. So I'm definitely not shy. That's one thing. And in the pages of strong because Marilyn is going to publish model and you've wrote a few workouts for us. So guys, if you don't have a subscription to strong, get one now, Absolutely, Um, you can save $5 off and you'll see me Marilyn amongst the pages in there. (laughs) And and it's another thing that I, again, I opened myself up to, right? Something that never would have happened if I didn't risk forward. So thank you so much. This was amazing. This was so amazing. This was so good. I love you so much. We always chat, so I'll chat with yeah. you. Yeah, obviously, they'll probably chat like later tomorrow, but yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. And that's a wrap on another episode. Guys, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I just love being able to share these strong stories and thoughts with you. And I hope you were able to take away a piece of inspiration from today. If there's one favor I could ask, please keep sharing post a screenshot, share a direct link with a friend or post a review and help spread the word so more people can tune in and find their strong. And if you ever wanted to subscribe to our strong fitness magazine and get the physical copy mailed to your doorstep for more inspiration and motivation, I will include the link in the show notes and please feel free to use my strong girl three discount code to save guys. I cannot wait for the next show. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay. Take care and stay strong.